0: Bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living word with Pastor Mensah Otu. And now today's word. I'm taking a break from my teaching on sacrifice of praise uh, as we focus on communion today. I'm going to preach a message. I have to explain what partaking of communion is all about i've titled my message remembering christ our lord remembering christ our lord jesus christ told us to partake of communion in remembrance of him and so as we partake of communion we remember the lord my text is from luke's gospel chapter 22 verses 19 to 20 and i will focus my teaching on that passage of scripture this is at the lord's supper or the last supper depending on how you look at it and just getting to the tail end jesus then did what we are about to read and it says, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Likewise he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Jesus charged his disciples who were present on that night, and his disciples who will come after that night, that is us, to do what he was doing Uh, in remembrance of of him. That that means that it was not just something Jesus did for the moment that was supposed to be forgotten. Uh, What he did that night was supposed to be repeated. And uh, and he says to do it in remembrance of me. The key word is remembrance. And that's what I'm, I'm focusing my message on. Remembrance. In the Greek, it says anamnesis. Anamnesis. Now, if you look at the Greek word, especially if you see it uh, spelled on, on, the, on the screen, anamnesis, uh, is, is, if you look at it carefully, it, you can find uh, an English word somewhere there we call amnesia. Amnesia is when somebody has a loss of memory. When you have a loss of memory, either a partial loss of memory or a total loss of memory. So remembrance is to keep us from having amnesia. It's to ensure that we don't have a loss of memory, uh, or whether partial or total, when it comes to celebrating this. Because, you know, many times uh, things happen to us and very quickly we forget them. We may have a great time we may have great moments and then we forget there are moments in your life you thought oh this is the happiest day of my life this is all oh, i i wish i'll never forget and then you forget people you said oh i oh i'm so happy to be around you i love you so much and we forget them i can tell you most of you who have grown you've forgotten most of the people you loved You've forgotten the the girl you loved in secondary school. You've forgotten the boy you loved in secondary school. You've forgotten that that girl who used to sit by you at primary school and she was the best girl. And you say, oh, this is the sweetest, my best friend forever. And you've forgotten her 40 years later. Because amnesia is real, we easily forget. We easily forget. We forget great events, great moments of our life. We forget them. But Jesus said, this one that I'm doing in this place at this time, don't forget. No amnesia when it comes to the Lord's table. And that's why he says, you do it in remembrance of me. A couple of thoughts or three thoughts that come up when we talk about uh, remembrance. First, it means to recall something. Bring something back to mind. When we remember something, we call back a memory. We play back something that happened in the past. We call it back. To remember, or remembrance also means to relive, to experience something again. To relive something, a moment, an experience. Have you ever caught yourself looking at a picture and smiling to yourself and and somebody looks at you and says, what are you smiling at? Because as you look at the picture, it may be a picture of you when you were young or a picture of you at an event or a picture of somebody, but as you look at that picture, you start smiling. Why are you smiling? You're smiling because all of a sudden the experience that brought the picture into being is alive to you again you are reliving the experience so when jesus says do this in remembrance of me he's not just saying recall it but you have to experience it the same way it was the first time when we remember something we relive it and the third uh, word that comes to mind is to reenact reenact means do it again do it again so we recall, we relive, we reenact. We reenact. When we celebrate our Independence Day as, as Ghanaians, um, sometimes there is a reenactment of what happened. And normally on television, there is going to be a playback of Kwame Nkrumah's famous uh, words at the old polo grounds. Uh, Most of us were not there on Independence Day in Ghana. If I took a, a census, only a few people were born at that time and only a few people were old enough to even appreciate what was happening. But we all know what happened on Independence Day. We all know. Why? Because the event has been reenacted. It was recorded. So every time around independence, we are going to see Kwame Nkrumah on the stage and with Crowbo Edison and uh, Bedema and Kojo Kujobotsio and Casely uh, Hayford and a couple of other people with his high- white handkerchief and his fugu. And he said, at oh, long last, <laughs> the battle is ended. And Ghana, your beloved country, is free forever. Freedom. 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 May God bless you. And, and I was not there. <laughs> I was not there. But all of a sudden, I know this thing took place. Why? Because it has been reenacted. It has been acted out again. We do that in remembrance of our independence. And Jesus Christ also said, before I died, you were not there, but I did something. And what I did, you must never forget. It must be reenacted. It must be acted out again. It must be experienced again. It must be relived. And we must call back. What he did in memory. That's what the communion is all about. It's not just a a time for just come and eat a little bread and drink a little wine. But it's to remember a very profound event and live in the reality of what happened that day. So when we partake of communion, that's what we are doing at the Lord's table, we will remember what Christ did for us through his suffering and death. Jesus doesn't want us to forget his suffering. He doesn't want us to forget his death. He wants us to relive his suffering and live and reenact his death as well. So anytime we partake of communion, our response is very important. We must remember prayerfully. That means we remember him by meditating on the meaning of what he did for us. Though the process of receiving communion has a physical form to it, we must not lose sight of the spiritual meaning of it. We have to remember prayerfully now I know you know uh, when I was a kid I was I was born into a church where communion was was a, a big deal uh, and and so normally in church when it was and norm, most Sundays was communion uh, and 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 we'll see people go to the front and 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 go and partake of communion but when they were going they looked very very pious Very, very pious. And sometimes they had their hands clasped in front of them. They were looking upward to heaven, you know. They looked like they had been transformed. Then they would go and kneel down and receive the communion and come back. And they looked very, very holy. And I remember one man in my neighborhood who was a very bad man. But, you know, (laughs) he would go to partake of communion. and, uh, and, And when he came, he looked so transfigured. I said, wow, there must be something about what he goes to eat. But now, you know, on the coming of Pentecostalism and Charismatism, uh, we've thrown away the solemnity of coming to partake of the Lord's table. Uh, We say, well, uh, this is just a religion. But it's not just religion. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. You cannot partake of the communion casually. We have to be prayerful. We have to be mindful. We have to be meditative. We have to be aware of what is taking place. It caused Jesus to do what he did. And we must not take it lightly. We must receive it prayerfully. We must also receive it personally. Remember personally. Jesus died. But you have to look at what it means to you as a person. What does his suffering mean to me? What does his blood mean to me? What does his death mean to me? It has to have a personal meaning. Because at the end of the day, he was not just doing a general thing. He was doing something for us as individuals. For you as a person. For you as a person. For you as a person. For me as a person. So I have to come approach the communion prayerfully, but I have to also do it personally. I have to remember it personally. What does this mean for me? In the communion service, we have two elements, the bread and the wine, and each of them tells a different story about the suffering and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. The bread represents his body, The wine represents his blood. And so when we pick up the bread, this time a thin one, a wafer, it tells us something. That his body was given and broken for us. The body of Jesus Christ was given and broken for us. Under the Old Testament, the broken body... Or the broken bread you have to understand that there is a a link between communion and the old testament passover actually it was at the celebration of the old testament passover that jesus christ gave a new meaning to the communion and so in israel uh, under the old testament when the bread was broken it, it showed how the people of israel were broken by their suffering, broken under the bondage of Pharaoh. So it talks about brokenness, somebody who's suffering, somebody who's going through pain, somebody who who is experienced uh, something that is devastating. His body was given. But in the New Testament, it is the body of Christ that is being broken, and the body is given And the body is broken it is given because he gave his body willingly and then it is broken what does this signify for us it signifies that he suffered in our place he suffered in our place jesus christ said his body was broken for us and it was given to us He suffered, he died for us, in our place, on our behalf. He bore the judgment of our rebellion against God. Isaiah 53 said, all we like sheep have gone astray. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We've all gone astray. We've abandoned God. But God did not lay the iniquity on the, those who went astray. He laid the iniquity on Jesus Christ, who never went astray. His body was broken for us. He suffered in our place. And in his brokenness, he gave us wholeness. He was broken so that we will be made whole he was broken so that we will be made whole isaiah 53 says he was wounded for our transgressions he was wounded for our transgression the word wounded means to be pierced he was pierced with something sharp he was pierced For our transgressions. The picture here is of the nails going through his hands and going through his feet. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The word bruised there means to be beaten. Bluntly beaten. And it talks about the beating that Jesus went through. He was slapped. He was punched. He was kicked. He went through beating. For our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. The word chastisement means to be rebuked or to be insulted. They slapped him around. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They chastised him. They made fun of him. Because God wants to give us peace. And he went through chastisement. Not because he deserved chastisement, but because we deserve chastisement, but our chastisement was transferred from us and put on him. And Isaiah says, and with his stripes we are healed. The stripes is a lashes on his back. He was lashed. There was torn flesh, blood gushed out, muscle torn, so that our bodies can be made well, that we can receive healing in our bodies. So whether it's for our transgressions, for our iniquities, for our peace, for our healing, he paid the price for it all. And he says to us, don't ever forget it. Because sometimes we forget. When we are sick, we forget. He took our sicknesses. Sometimes when, when life is troubling us, we, we forget he took our chastisement. So we will have peace of mind. The world has a lot of stuff. There are a lot of troubles in the world. But in Christ we have peace. And don't ever forget it. Don't carry your burdens by yourself. What he has carried for you, don't try to carry by yourself. He did it for you, and you must never forget it. And any time we come to partake of communion, we are reenacting it so we don't forget. Because, you know, sometimes as Christians, we want to fight our own battles. We want to solve our own problems. We want to do things for ourselves. And it's good for you to have that independent mind and a commitment to be responsible. But what Christ has done for you, you must never forget. So anytime we partake of communion, we are playing back what he did for us. His body was given and broken for us. After he had broken the bread, he took something else. His blood, represented by the wine, his blood was given and shed for us. Under the Old Testament, a lamb was given to the priest, and then the priest will receive the lamb that has been given, and kill it, and its blood will be used as an atonement for the sin of the one who brought the lamb. Jesus was brought by his father not for himself but for us. The sacrifice of Christ was a very bloody one. It was brutal. It's not a bloodless a bloodless sacrifice. It's not a nice decent clean thing. It was brutal. There was a lot of blood all over the place. Everywhere of Jesus was bleeding. From the head to the toes. Blood all over the place. It was messy. Because sin is messy. Evil is messy. Sickness is messy. That's why he went through the mess. He bought it. And there was a lot of blood shed for us. And what did the blood signify? That he has purchased our redemption. The blood of Jesus was the price paid for our redemption. His sinless blood was shed for a sinful human race. His royal blood was shed for those who have been enslaved by sin. His divine blood was shed to break Satan's hold over the human race. He purchased our redemption. He paid for it. He satisfied the demand for justice. He purchased our redemption through his blood. He gave us a new covenant with God. He opened a new way by which we can go to God. Now we can come boldly into the presence of God. Without condemnation. Without fear. Because Christ Jesus has given us a new covenant. A new covenant of power a new covenant of his grace, a new covenant of his goodness, a new covenant that gives us a new relationship with God. We are no longer under the wrath of God. We are under the grace of God. That is what the communion is all about. And Jesus says, do this, Always, and remember what you're doing. And don't forget it. So this morning we have come because we want to relive the experience. We want to recall what Christ did for us. And we want to reenact it. And although you don't want to be too religious and sanctimonious about it, you have to be prayerful about it. I don't want you to pretend and clasp your hand, look into heavens with a cherubic face like that man did, but I still want you to come mindful of what Christ means to you and what his suffering means to you, what his death means, and what he has given to us freely. He, he, He has given us forgiveness of sins. He's taken away our sins and our iniquities. He's taken our confusion and our perplexity. And he's taken our sicknesses and our pain and our sorrows upon himself. I don't know what pain you're carrying today, what sorrow, what sickness you're carrying. But 2,000 years ago, the price was paid. And what he has paid for, we can claim as our own. It's like somebody telling you, listen, I've paid for a package for you at a shop. Maybe a uh, Malcolm or Orca or if you like it, Harrods, uh, if you can travel. And he says, "He says I'll pay for it. The package is paid. is waiting at the front desk. When you go, just tell them that I sent you, I've paid for the package, just go and receive it. Now you can go to the shop and walk around the shop and say, where is my gift? Where is my gift? Where is my gift? And, and, and ask and ask around the shop and actually go into the shop and throw tantrums and say, hey, hey where is my gift? Where is-? And, 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 and never claim your gift and go out. That's what a lot of Christians do. They, they pray, they, they pray in the name of Jesus, and they pray, la la la, in, in tongues and they're screaming and screaming, but they never go to claim the gift. So they live, they've shouted a lot, but nothing is received. But somebody can go just to the counter and say, "Listen, this is my name, and I was told by so-and-so. And this is the code he gave to me. He says, when I come here and I say this, you have a package for me. He says, oh yeah, we've been waiting for you. They give you the package, no screaming. You just take it by faith. You just take it by faith. So today, as we partake of communion, there are two things we want to claim today. The first is salvation. That's the first thing Jesus was concerned about. That our sins and our iniquities and transgressions will be taken away. And if you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you come to church, maybe you attend every service. Probably your parents are Christians. Whatever it is, you are happy to be in church. But being in church and being in a compound doesn't mean much. You have to go to Christ Jesus and take the gift of salvation that he has given to you. And all you do is to come to him and say, Father, I'm ready to receive the free gift of salvation that you offered me in Christ Jesus. And Jesus says if you ask that way, you receive it. So this morning before we partake of communion, If you're here this morning, and you don't have the gift of salvation, somebody says, how do I know whether I have it or not? Well, if you don't know whether you have it or not, then you need it. Because if you have it, then you should know you have it. Some people call it being born again. Others call it being saved. Some some people call it giving your life to Christ, uh, or inviting Jesus Christ into your heart, or Jesus being the Lord of your life. Whatever terminology you use, the most important thing is that you receive the free gift of salvation that Christ has purchased for you, that he comes into your heart. If you are here this morning and you are not sure of your salvation, you are not sure of where you spend eternity when you leave this earth, then we're going to pray very shortly for you to receive this gift that has been waiting for you for 2,000 years. And you can receive it freely. Every head bowed as we prayerfully consider this. If you are here, you say, Pastor, I want to receive the gift of salvation. I want Christ to come into my heart. I want to be sure without any shadow of doubt that Jesus is in my heart. If that's your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand. Wherever you are in this auditorium. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Let your hand be up. Let your hand be up. Don't feel shy. Don't feel embarrassed. Just let your hand be up. Let it be up so we can see your hand. Wave it. Let your hand be up. The ushers are taking note of people with their hand up. Putting your hand up is simply saying, I want to receive. I'm ready. I'm here for my package of salvation. I've come to God the Father to give me what was promised me 2,000 years ago. Now we're all going to pray together including those with their hands up. If you put your hand up, now put your hand on your chest wherever you are, and we're going to pray this simple prayer together. Let's pray together. Say with me Heavenly Father. I come to you today just as I am. I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I ask you, Father, save me. Deliver me from my sins. Wash me and cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. Today I receive the free gift of salvation through Christ Jesus, my Lord. And I thank you for the gift of eternal life. I thank you for new life. I thank you for the gift of righteousness, which I now receive in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. If you truly pray that prayer from your heart, you can be sure that the gift of salvation has been imparted into your spirit. The Bible says you are now a new creation. Wherever you are, I want you to pray with me and let's all pray this together and say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that through the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Through his chastisement, I have peace. So, I receive today peace into my life, healing into my life. I receive healing from every sickness, from every disease, no matter what. I receive now because the price has been paid. And I boldly declare, I am healed in Jesus' name. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I am made whole. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Give the Lord praise this morning. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Ottoville, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Oteby. Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233 302 688 000.